We're into our second week of Advent, and here's a lesson I, I've learned. Well, I knew it before, I'm just learning it more, and that is, okay, so I'll say this carefully. When preachers go or pastors go long, it's generally because it's easier just to ramble on, right, to say a lot. It's easier to say a lot than to condense it down, right? And I've learned that because I had this idea for our sign. We have this little uh, signboard out front. I like it to say something meaningful, but you only have a limited space. Like there's only six lines <laughs> and you can't jam the whole thing with letters because then it just looks like letters. And you got to try and say something intelligent within just a few words. <laughs> it's like, this is hard. I wish I had a billboard, <laughs> then it would be easier. But I'm learning that. I'm learning the, the essence of being able to distill that down and uh, in everything we do and, and how I speak and that stuff. So I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, with our series, it's called Humble King, uh, Royalty Meeting Humility. And uh, we are following the themes of Advent. So last week was hope. This week is peace. Next week is joy and then love. And blending that in with humility. Although I do have to say to you this morning that I'm not bringing a lot of hum- <laughs> a lot of a hu- aspect of humility in because of just what I sense is the, the thing that needs to be said at this point. So let's start there. So one of, I'd have to say, probably one of my favorite carols that we sing at Christmas, and it wasn't always, but it has become more and more so as I, I pay attention to words, and that is the one, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And the reason, like the words go like this, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. In that line, there is a lot said. The author of that could do signs, right? He could do signs. And so I do like to pay attention to words and to what is said and do I understand and am I, and am I fully understanding it? And uh, we read this so quickly without thinking it, but one of, the wor- one of the phrases here is peace on earth. And I stop and I think, because we say that so quickly, and I go, where is the peace, <laughs> right? Where is the peace? When did it come? When has there been peace on earth? Because as I look back on history, as I listen to the, read the news and stuff, and yes, I do read the news because I want to know what's going on in my world and how to pray and how to engage in it. And I think to myself, I don't see a lot of peace out there that we sing is come to earth, right? And I know we get glimpses of it from time to time, but peace to me seems, it seems like elusive. We can talk about it, we can sort of describe it, but when you go to find it, it's like, gosh, where'd it go, (laughs) right? Where is it? And it's just, we get close and then it can be gone. Now, you see world leaders of nations will get together to have peace talks or this peace summit, something like that, to talk and how to bring peace, and you'll... You'll even have two nations who have been fighting with each other. They'll come together to let's, let's have some peace here, right? And uh, they make an agreement that they're not going to fight anymore, that we won't kill each other anymore. We'll stop this, 
right? But the tension's still there. So then you have to ask the question, well, if the tension is still there, is that peace? You still got tension. Like it reminds me of, you know, if a couple of school kids, I'll include girls in this as well, but who scrap at it on recess time, right? And they get hauled into the principal's office, right? And the principal, she'll say, you know, you got to stop doing this. We don't do this. You can't fight and this. Now I want you to say sorry to each other. Parents will do this too. You say sorry to each other. And the kids do. And you know how they say it. Sorry. Right? You know, there's zero meaning to it, right? And you can tell when they walk out, they didn't mean it. Right? It's almost like, you know, one of them, you know, does something to the other, right? Either the look or, you know, I'm watching you. And there is no, there's no peace. All there was, what happened was a ceasefire was agreed upon that we won't do this anymore, Right? We've even created rules and laws in our societies to try and create a sense of peace. And while there is peace, well, you do get a sense there is cracks in it, right? There's there's cracks in society. You just, you don't have that peace that we sing about and uh, what you read about in scripture. Um, The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 9, verse 6, and we, we read this scripture a lot at time of Christmas in December through Advent. And uh, this is what the prophet Isaiah says in verse 6. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we understand this to mean that it's a prophecy of the coming Messiah, of Jesus. That Jesus is the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we understand that. But what's interesting is that of course, this is like, we're what, 2,100 years later, probably further, longer than that, right? That peace to us in this world, in our culture, in our time, means something totally different. And sometimes the English language doesn't express enough what the words actually meant when it was written, you know, 2,500 years ago or however long ago it was. But that word peace, the word that you'll hear among the Hebrew people is the word shalom. And shalom is much deeper than just, you know, everybody getting along. With shalom, it means a wholeness that's there. It speaks of completeness, of soundness. Uh, Other words are like quietness, prosperity, tranquility, or rest. And it's that within myself, with others, and it's that with my relationship with God. That's shalom. When they pray for the peace of Jerusalem, it's praying for that, for the soundness to be there, for there to be that contentment that's there. And you see that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. There's that understanding of that. So you have to ask the question then, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, when does that peace come? Those are the questions I ask myself. When does that come? Does it come now? Can we expect it now? Or is it after Jesus comes again, after he returns, the second coming and we're in heaven, right? Then do we have the peace? Or like, when does it come? And I think it's a fair question to ask. Like, are we to keep looking for peace on earth? Striving for it? And then I wonder to myself, or do we maybe stop? Just quit. Stop looking for peace. Ain't going to happen, right? We can just say it is what it is. 
the world is. Now, that's sort of like a defeatist type, fatalist type expression, but do we give up on peace? I ask that question. Maybe we should give up on peace. You got to ask the hard questions, right? You got to, because then you'll get, you'll be able to dig down further and, and discover other things. And I realized that it would be impossible for us to give up on peace, looking for it. I think it is because we've been looking for it since time immemorial. We've been looking for peace. We want it. We all want it. We want it in our families. We want it in our relationships. We want it in our nation. We want peace. Right? It's, it's there. And I've come to the conclusion that I believe that deep within all human beings is that we're built for peace. We know we are. We know we want it. We want to see it. We know it's good. It's healthy for us. It's healthy for my soul. It's healthy for my body. And I need it. It's intrinsic within me, right? It's there, right? And I need it. And so then I, I like to logic things out. So if that is the case, then the way we, and I'm talking about all of humanity, goes about looking for peace is wrong. Now, I know I'm being fairly sharp with that, but I think we have it backwards. I think we got it wrong. We've messed up a bit. And I want to take you into, the, into a, the, what I would call the heart of John's gospel. And John, what I appreciate about John's gospel is that he takes from John 13 right through to 17 inclusive, that he takes that portion of it and he focuses on the last few days that Jesus is with his disciples before he is executed. And he focuses on how Jesus, the tension, the awkwardness of their gatherings, the anxiety that must have been present is very palpable among them. And Jesus feels it as well. And Jesus takes the time that John expresses to love his disciples to the full. He washes their feet. He brings words to comfort them, to encourage them. He wants to say the most critical, important things to them at this point. And you see that all throughout those chapters. He is with his disciples and he is trying to just bring comfort to them, this tangible comfort. He's promised that he will go and prepare a place for them. He promises that he will return. He promises to send the Holy Spirit. And then he says these words to them in the 14th chapter, verse 27. And he says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I appreciate, all versions basically say the same thing, but I appreciate especially how the New Living Translation brings out the essence of what Jesus is getting at here. Jesus never promised, never promised that he was going to come and make our world rosy. Never. 
He never said he's going to take away the struggles you're going to face or what's going to happen. What he is saying here is where the peace he's bringing. And it's the peace that's in our hearts and in our minds. It's within that he's bringing peace. And it's Jesus isn't the principal who drags us into the office and says, don't do that ever again to each other. Say sorry. <laughs> right? He doesn't do that. And he doesn't do it because that's not the root of the problem. The root of the, of the problem isn't your behavior. It goes deeper than that, than the behavior. And, and what you see in the world going on trying to settle things is we're trying to address behavior. We're not getting down to the root of it. And the nice thing about Jesus is he's not worried about the surface stuff. He wants to go down deep and he wants to deal with stuff. And here's the fact. The heart is broken. It's broken. Right? There's this disconnect that humanity, see, we're born with that. Some call it the divine spark or the, the divine seed. It's the image of God that is within us, that we are meant to have this oneness with the Father. That's been broken. There is the unrest. That's the unrest. You want to talk about the lack of peace. That's where it's at. That's what's going on. Think of your own heart at times. Do you ever find your own heart at war with itself? Do you ever feel anxious? That's not shalom. Do you ever feel discontentment? It's not shalom. Fear? Not it. Those are signs, those are warnings of what something going on. But there's that tension that's in our own heart that we feel that we know. And it comes out in how we talk to others and how we speak to others. It comes out in how nations treat one another. How we treat people who are different than us. Different color, different whatever, right? They're different. And you see the fear comes out. It's not shalom. It's not shalom. And I'm convinced that if we want peace out there, we have to cultivate it in here, in my heart. See, we, we get this backwards. We think, I do, I think this, that if, you know what, if you can have the perfect job or if I can have X number of dollars in my bank account or if everybody would get along I would be at peace. And we look for it all the wrong ways, all the wrong ways. We think that if that gets sorted out, I'll feel better. We hear people all the time. Let's take money. If they get wealth, problems don't go away, right? I'll move. If I move somewhere, I'll feel better. No, because what's that saying? Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> Something like that, right? Because it's in here. That's why moving's not going to help, right? You could move to paradise, whatever that looks like for you. And this still comes with you. <laughs> you can't leave it back. It doesn't change things. Peace only occurs in the world when we have peace in our heart. We have wars in that because there's not peace in here. And here's another thing too. 
When I read through John's gospel and I see Jesus, Jesus will say, I am the light, I am the salt, I am this, I am that, right? There's, I'm the door, right? He's, Jesus says these different things. Here's the thing. When Jesus in John 14, 6, you know, we all know this one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When he says, I am the way, it's not that Jesus has a way to live life. It's not like he has a way, like a program or something like that. No, no. Jesus is the way. <laughs> it's like Jesus is standing before us going, I am the way. I am the way to the Father. You follow me and you'll find the Father, right? That's, that's Jesus. And so when Jesus says, I'm giving you a gift, peace of mind and heart, it's not like here's a gift. It's Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the peace for us. That's what Jesus is. He gives us that peace. A classic example of this whole thing of, of where we find peace is found actually in, it's found all through the Old Testament, but in particular uh, in Jeremiah chapter 6. In Jeremiah, he was a prophet of God, and um, Israel and Judah, the two nations, because they had split, right? That nation had split to two nations, Israel and Judah. It was going well financially for them. Things were not too bad. But boy, were they ever at unrest. How they treated people, how the rich treated the poor, how they oppressed people, the mistreatment, even of, of the priest and, and how they treated people. Like the whole thing was messed up. And what you read from Jeremiah is that God speaks to Jeremiah and basically tells Jeremiah to tell the people, time's up. <laughs> time's up we're done with your behavior that is the principle going you're coming into the office <laughs> come here we're going to have a chat and jeremiah prophesies the words that god has given to him and i want to take you to two verses uh in chapter six and in 14 the latter part of 14 and all of 16 and this is what god speaks to the people through the prophet Jeremiah. They give assurances of peace where there is no peace. And this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. saying the nation of Judah had come to a crossroads. And God was saying, you get to choose which way. And he's calling them back to the original. So when it says the old and godly way, it's that original of what God has always desired for us. And you see it in Genesis when God had this oneness relationship with Adam and Eve and met with them and walked with them. And there was this thing God desires to have with us. That is the old and godly way that he calls us to. And that way or path and all scripture points to it is Jesus. That's why Jesus announces, I am that way. I can take you there. It's almost Jesus pleading, you know, he just, you can hear him pleading, look like me, follow me, right? There's, there's this pleading that's going on. 
What's interesting is that the words of Jeremiah, the tone, very similar to the words Jesus spoke when he was giving a teaching, but he said he was giving some woes out to certain cities. Woe to you, woe to you for not, right? And woe to Jerusalem as well. And Jesus at the end of chapter 11 says these words that we all know that speak of this shalom, that speak of this peace that people are looking for. And he says this, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you peace, rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble. There's humility. There's my humility part in the teaching. I am humble and gentle at heart. And what? You will find rest for your souls. You'll find rest. Same way what God spoke through Jeremiah. Travel its path, and you will find rest for your souls. Shalom. Peace. Guys, it's intimacy with the Father. It's what the Father has always longed for. It's what we were desire, designed for. We're wired for. If you wonder why the unrest is in our souls, in our hearts, why we have the anxiety and the fear, it's because there's that disconnect Whenever you have that, whenever you sense that, you got to go back to the Father and ask Him. Yesterday, I, I had this feeling within me of just anxiousness, right? This anxiousness. My wife picked it out. <laughs> I didn't like her picking it out, right? I don't need you to highlight it. I know it's there. The anxiety's there, right? But I have to talk to Jesus about it. And I have to go, Why? And why do I go to Jesus? Because I've learned that when I, when I go to Jesus, Jesus brings peace to my soul. Jesus asks, will ask you, if you'll hear him, what's wrong with your soul? What's, what's going on? Why are you anxious? Right? You know, it's, it's Jesus' prayer for us. You know that, right? This intimacy. John 17, where, where I tell you about this part in John that is just a beautiful God just wrapping his arms around the disciples and the followers, all of his followers, right? And Jesus prays a prayer for us, for, for you and I. Prayed for you, prays, prays for us. And he says something like, he goes, I pray, God, that they, speaking of us, they will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. He wants this oneness because it's in that oneness. It's when that peace comes, that shalom comes to our heart. That people will know. They'll see the way. If you're a follower, that gift, that gift that Jesus gives, peace of mind and heart, it's been given to you. It's been given to you. Whether you call it peace or shalom, that rest, we have that. We just need to cultivate it in our heart. And that takes time just being with Jesus, just listening to Jesus. Letting him come and speak and, and minister to the heart. Letting the Holy Spirit come. And it's when that happens, peace settles in. And then 
not just at Christmas, but 365 days of the year, we can be peace to our world. We can be that peace that they seek. And we are just pointers. We are like Jeremiah. We are like John. We are like all the writers of the New Testament. We are like the prophets who just point people to the way of peace, to that shalom that we all long for. We all know we long for because we hate the anxiety. We hate the unrest. We, we don't like it. We have the way and we can do that. Father God, oh. God, I know for myself, almost on a daily basis, Lord, I just, if this could go right in my life, I would be at peace. If this could take place, I would be at peace. If I had this, Lord, you know my heart. You know our hearts. And Father, really, you tell us, we know it. We know you are the way. We know you have peace. We know you bring us there. We know you give us that. God, help us to realize that it's not out there that has to get corrected. It's in here that has to get corrected. It's in here that needs to be one with you. Father God, my desire for us, my desire for myself, Holy Spirit, is for us to be an answer to your prayer, Jesus that we would be one with you, that we would have that intimacy with you, that we would have that peace with you. That's what we long for. That's what we want. That's what we desire. And so, Father God, I just pray. I pray for us. I pray for the churches throughout our city. I pray for the churches throughout North America. God, I just pray that top priority for all the churches would be their, that desire to have oneness with you, that peace with you. Lord, help us to realize that as a church, it's not about the outward stuff, it's about the inward heart. If we're going to measure health, Father, it's health within our heart. How's our heart doing? Where are we in our heart? And so, Father, I pray for us, and I ask God, hear our prayer. Lord, as we go through the next few weeks, as we celebrate your birth, Jesus, to remember that you came, you came for hope and joy peace and love. You bring all of that and you give it as a gift, but it comes in when we have that oneness with you. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Bless you guys.